Hello everyone, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Point of Insanity Game Studios Geekery in General Podcast. Today we're going to go on another 8-bit flashback, taking a look at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for the NES. Actually playing this on the Wii U, I originally downloaded it for the uh, Nintendo Wii, and one of the nice things that I like about the Nintendo Wii and the Wii U is that once you got your Wii U, you could transfer all of the titles you downloaded for the Wii to the Wii U. Now, of course, you can't go backwards and put those back on your Nintendo Wii, but no big deal, really. So let's take a look at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Or, for those in the UK, you might remember this as Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Now, one of the things that really kind of uh, got my attention right away when I first played this game was the fact that there was no Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme from the TV show that I was familiar with. Now, at this time, most of my knowledge from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came from the cartoon. And I know now that, of course, the cartoon is a lot different than the comic book series. The title of the box actually was a shot from one of the comics, and I believe that was the style they tried to emulate for the NES game, where it was designed to be closer to the comic series as opposed to the TV cartoon series, where we had a little bit more darker, grittier feel to the, uh, the comic than to the, the actual TV series. So, let's begin. We begin in the streets of some strange city, and I'm sure lots of people were killed by that roller thingy their first time just walking down the street, and I'm crushed just like that. Okay, I'm going to reset because that was a pretty stupid mistake on my part. I did not know that the steamrollers went there, but it has been a while since I've played this game. One of the things I do remember about this game when it first came out is the fact that it kept getting delayed and delayed. There were several release dates that I remember hearing about in Nintendo Power, and I remember uh, when it was pushed back after like the second or third time, uh, Nintendo Power made a comment, well, turtles are slow, so I guess this one's taking its time. Now, was the end product worth it? I think so. I mean, I do like the graphics and music in the game, and of course you do get some good play options because, of course, you get to choose any of the four turtles. Leo, I remember from the Nintendo Power preview, was pitched as being the well-balanced one, a balance between power and speed. Raphael, of course, his thing was speed with his sigh. Pathetic range. There's not really a lot of places where I find uh, Raphael useful. Michelangelo, the party dude, abbreviated to Mike. Of course, his nunchucks, again, fairly well-balanced weapon. And one thing that's actually interesting, and I don't think they ever really touched on this in the instruction manual, but for some reason with Michelangelo, when he gets down to about half health or so, all of a sudden he actually becomes a lot stronger. Uh, just as stronger as Donatello with his long but slow staff, the bow staff. 
Okay, I could have made probably a double entendre there, but oh my gosh, two steamrollers, three of them. Of course, on the overworld map screen, you have these wandering foot soldiers to deal with as well. And of course, I think a lot of people, myself included, usually tended to play Donatello either a lot or as little as possible. And of course, the reason that you generally wanted to uh, save Donatello his energy is because, ow, little mouse robot, is because he was the boss buster. He was the one that most people usually used on the bosses. Speaking of boss battles, here we go. I hate it how they have them just kind of ambush you from behind. This game's hard enough without little things like that. And now we gotta get Donatello some pizza. So let's switch to Leo. That was really always one of the major criticisms about this game is the fact that it was really, really difficult. And I know the angry video game nerd, he had his little video that he did on this game. Which, of course, that, I think pretty much anyone who's ever done a review or a video about this game, the uh, difficulty level is one that'll certainly come up in just about any review. Because remember, this was one of those games where you didn't have a password or a save feature, so you had three continues. Let's see who needs that pizza the most. I think looks like Leo needs this, just a little slice. So as I was saying, uh, that was one of the major criticisms that usually came up is the fact that uh, you had limited continues. Oh, come on. And this is another thing that really sucked, is sometimes the places where they spawn these enemies is just so pain in the butt. And there you go, Donatello. That's another thing I always hate when you're low on energy, you get that annoying beep, that annoying alarm. This is another thing that a lot of people hate too, is that when you go back, the enemies restock. And the enemies aren't always the same as the one that you fought the first time. Uh, here we have a good example, because you'll see there's the chainsaw guy, when before it was one of those guys who... I don't know what they're supposed to be. It's like they go into a meditative stance where you can't hurt them, and then they come up and throw a little mini-wave at you, and then go back to their meditation. So not sure who or what those are supposed to be. But as I was saying, you essentially have to complete this game with 12 lives or less, because you do get three continues, and fortunately they do have an option where, on some stages, oh I hate these things, little batwing bombs and mutant frogs, when did those guys appear in the, the series? Okay, there we have a sub-weapon, the Tri-Stars. Oh yes, another thing that always was difficult about this game is each turtle can carry one sub-weapon. Uh, however, if you're just kind of marching along, doing your own business, and uh, an enemy drops a sub-weapon and you already have one, you get the, the new weapon back. So that really, really sucked when you had like a bunch of the scrolls, the most powerful weapon in the game, and then you accidentally pick up a throwing star. See, there they are again, those little meditating dudes where it's like, again, I can't hurt them, and now, there they are. And the reason I came down this sewer is I just wanted to show you the little power-up over there that looks like the uh, turtle head. I believe they called it Mr. Invincibility, and I think there's only like 
two of them in the game for some reason. Like, two or three, you really don't see them. I know there's one in this stage, and then I think there's one in, like, stage four. One nice thing about this game, though, is the power-ups do restock, so when you're low on energy like this... Whoops, wrong door. When you're low on energy, if you know where there's a place where there's an easy-to-access slice of pizza, like right here, you can just go back and forth and slowly recharge your turtles. A little monotonous, but something that is kind of necessary to do because, as I was saying before, before I got sidetracked, yes, annoying alarm, I know Leo is about to die. Blue Turtle is about to die. Little nod to Gauntlet there. But as I was saying, you essentially have 12 lives because each turtle counts as a life and you get, like, three continues. Now, there are some places in the game I, where you can find any turtles that were captured. I know there's one in Stage 3, and then I think there's one in Stage 5? It's okay, remember there's the... Stage 3 is like a town, and then I think Stage 4 is like uh, some sort of airport or factory or something, and then go to the next stage, which is like the Foot Clan base, and then finally you make it into the uh, Terror Dome. Terror Dome? Tetra Dome? Whatever it is. You make it to that place where you fight Shredder, and unless you're like a gaming god, you usually get your butt handed to you, or your shell handed to you. Come on, stop meditating! There, ha! Meditate that with a big stick up your... well, we won't go there. That's another thing that's kind of weird, is these mini-bosses that you face every now and then, those change as well in most areas. Like, I think sometimes here you get one of those guys who is on fire, and I think sometimes you get the big frog dude. I always liked the music in this game, too. Ultra Games which, of course, as we now know, is a division of Konami, they... they a lot of their games actually had really good music. I mean, I mentioned uh, Skate or Die before. Uh, I really enjoyed the music for that one. The first Metal Gear game we got for the NES, that one I wasn't too fond of the music there, but I did like the music in Metal Gear 2 Snake's Revenge, which, from what I understand, that game is considered non-canon, but it still had good music. And, of course, one thing that numerous game reviewers before myself have pointed out, this first battle with, uh... Is that Rocksteady, I think? How you just sit here up here and wail on him with uh, Donatello, and it's like you time it just right. You hit him. Ho-hum. So, anyone read any good books lately? Rhetorical question, but... <laughs> I've actually read through a couple of books recently. I am working on a supplement for After Peak Systemless Setting that has a Polynesian theme, and uh, my normal co-host Steve, he sent me a couple of books on Hawaiian supernatural stories and Hawaiian mythology, so I've been looking through those. They're interesting. Don't let the Foot Clan destroy the dam. You have my support. Why, thank you, April. I'm glad we have your support. Too bad that doesn't do anything to get me through the 
annoying stage that lies ahead, which I am not going to do because, again, this is just one of my short little reviews. It's not really a playthrough, and if you've ever played this game before, you know what I mean when I say I'm not looking forward to what comes after the dam here. Again, for those of you who may not know, maybe some of my younger listeners, viewers who maybe have never really had the chance to play this game or may maybe never saw a playthrough of it. Hey, that was unfair. The part I'm talking about is, of course, the underwater level where turtles have to swim through the dam and there's a time limit. You have to disarm explosives and there's lots of obstacles that just slowly drain you away. Well, I think I've addressed most of the major complaints that people have about this game. Again, there's that huge level of difficulty. Uh, there's the fact that, again, enemies sometimes come out of nowhere, which means they get free cheap hits on you. Uh, the fact that, again, you have only these limited continues. Oh yes, and another thing, the jumping. There's some stages where the jumping is just a pain in the butt where you gotta really be on your game in order to make the jumps. What the heck, let's go get that throwing star even though I'm not going to use it. Ah, that was another one of those jumps I was talking about right there where, you know, again, it's very tricky. You just got to lightly tap the button. Oh yes, and I believe another common complaint that people have about this game is the fact that when the enemies restock and when you go back and retrace your steps, it's not always the same enemy. So one of the things you do I know a lot in Stage 3 is if there's a strong enemy, sometimes you end up going back and forth hoping that a weaker set of enemies will respawn. All in all though, despite its faults and its shortcomings, I did enjoy this game when I was a kid. Again, a lot of it was really just the uh, the music and the graphics you know, really made the game for me. Sorry, just uh, lost my train of thought for a sec there. Ow! Like I said, that's one of the things that really is annoying. These jumps where you just gotta have your... Hey, there's the boomerang. That's probably one of the best sub-weapons in the game. Oh, no, I'm gonna... Oops, wrong button. Okay, Mike, your turn. Oh, yeah, that's another thing you gotta watch out for this game. If one of your turtles has a sub-weapon selected, and then you switch to another turtle who has a sub-weapon, then for some reason the turtle's sub-weapon is still going to be switched, so you gotta really watch out for that. Again, right now I'm at the point where, since Leo is really low on life, his attacks become stronger for some reason. Okay, let's see if we can do it. Can we make this jump? Yay! Well, that's a little bit of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for the NES. I think I'm going to call this podcast to a close here, because as I said, the next part here is not exactly my favorite part of the game. I've never beaten this game. One thing that is kind of nice, though, with the game being on the Wii U and the virtual console is the fact that you can make a save point and come back and play the game later, so that makes it easier to get a little further. This game is kind of like Super Mario Brothers for me. I mean, even though, well, not Super Mario Brothers, but Super Mario 3, where it's a little too long, I think, to play through in one sitting. 
And it's not necessarily the number of stages, it's just the fact that there's a lot of difficulty and then there's parts in like stage 3 where it's another overhead city similar to the first stage except it's quite a bit bigger, there's more buildings to explore, you gotta find missiles for the turtle van, and there's the scroll weapon in there, so in that game it's a lot of two things when you get to stage 3. Chances are you're going to be replenishing your life from the dam stage because you're probably going to lose a lot of life when you're trying to swim through all the weeds. Electric weeds for some reason. Not sure where that appeared in the TV series or the comics, but oh well. So as I said, you spend a lot of time in the third stage rebuilding your health, trying to find your captured turtle if you have one, and then stocking up on weapons and stuff for the battle ahead, though I always thought Stage 3 was probably the most fun. Well, with that said, I'd like to thank you for tuning in, either watching or listening to this episode of 8-Bit Flashback. You can listen to the podcast on podbean.com. Just look up Geekery in general, or go to poigamestudio.podbean.com. If you are listening to this episode and would like to see the video, just go to YouTube and look up Point of Insanity Game Studio and you'll find my channel. Also feel free to visit my main website, poigamestudio.com. Take a look at the Point of Insanity Game Studio Facebook page. So with that said, thanks for tuning in and have a good evening or morning or afternoon. Whatever it is, wherever you are, and happy gaming.